We read in Psalm 18 and verse 30, As for God, his way is perfect. As for God, his way is perfect. Could we ask the Lord to bless the reading of his precious word? Our Father, as we turn to your word now, hide man behind the cross. May none be seen but Jesus only. And Lord, I pray that you'll bless the the word and undertake, I pray. Amen. The setting of this song is most helpful. It arose from David's heart in the time of trial. Saul had lost out with God and was rejected as king. David had been anointed king in his place. Saul's jealousy knew no bounds. He was determined to destroy David. In his deep trial, David turned to his God. We read in Psalm 18, verse 6, In my distress, I called unto upon the Lord and cried unto God. He heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came before him, even into his ears. Here we see David as a praying man. And we see God was found to be a prayer hearing God. You know, child of God, the greater difficulties are that lie in the way way of a child of God. The great uh, uh, deliverance. The more glorious the deliverance is, God will not only deliver his people out of their troubles, but in in due time, but will sustain them and bear them up under their troubles. David could say in verse 1, after the death and, uh, of Saul and the conquest of all his succeeding enemies, he can say in verse 1, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. You know, the greatest command for a child of God is, we have to love the Lord our God with all our heart and with all our mind. I wonder, child of God, do you love the Lord your God with all your heart? This is a command. It's a command that we have to love the Lord our God with all our heart and with all our mind. And David, after all these trials, he could say that he loved the Lord his God. Psalm 18 is a wonderful psalm about the life of David. And in it, we also have the truth of what our Savior has done for David and can do for you and me as children of God. God never let David down. He was always with him. Though no matter the problem was, he trusted in his Lord. You know, child of God, we can have the same results if we give our problems, simply turn our problems over to the Lord. If we take our weariness over to the Lord, our failures, if we give them over to the Lord, if we just put our faith in him, For all things, whether they be big or small, there is nothing too hard for our Lord. God always watched over David, and he overcame through the Lord. The child of God, the Lord, also watches over you. He tells us, Lo, I am with you always, even till the end of the world. Child of God, whatever circumstance comes in your life, the Lord is with you just like David. 
We read in Psalm 18, 30 and 32, As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those that trust in him. For who is God, save the Lord? Or who is a, a rock, save our God? It is God that get, get, girdeth me and strengtheneth me and maketh my way perfect. I want you to notice this morning the expression in verse 30. His way is perfect. His way is perfect. God speaks of my way. He also speaks of his way. You know, this is where the great battle happens in the Christian's life. The old man wants to go his way and doesn't want to go God's way. His way is perfect. That is easy to say when everything is rosy. When we're on the mountaintop and not in the valley, his way is perfect. But you know, child of God, if you're in the valley, if you're in the depth, God's way is still perfect. His way is perfect. Everything that God does is perfect. The Lord is working out in our lives to transform us so that we can come to believe and trust in him so much that we can, can, can't declare, I want my way, Lord, to be your way. Child of God, are you on this perfect path? Friends, tuned in the day, are you on this perfect path? You can get on that perfect path. I want us to consider, first of all, that David says that God delivers. God delivers. We read in Psalm 18, 1 to 3, David says, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation, my high tower. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. Here we see that David says that God is strength. Here we see that David says God is a rock. Here we see that David could see that God was a fortress to him. Here we see that David could say that God was a buckler to him, a high tower and a horn. But you know, friend, he could also say that God was a deliverer. You know, but God is not just these. Notice the personal pronoun. David could say he is my strength. David could say he is my rock. David could say he is my fortress. David could say he is my buckler, my horn, and my high tower. But he also can say he is my deliverer. David is running to the rock. He is running, he is fleeing to the rock. He flees to the deliverer. He fights in God's strength. He flees into God's high tower. Remember this man, Saul hated him. And his son even hated him. And they wanted to kill him. But you know, he could say in Psalm 18 and verse 17, He delivered me from my strong enemy and from them which hated me, for they were too strong for me. Child of God, we can be delivered from our enemy, our strong enemies, because the Lord is with us. 
You know, we are told in Ephesians 6 and 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against rulers of darkness in this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We need to run from them. Just like David ran, he is the Lord as our refuge and strength. We read in Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength, a very pleasant help in the time of trouble. You know, the men that would go up into the Himalayas and go into these mountains, they carry a little tent with them. And you know, when the, when the snow comes and the blizzards come and their lives are in danger, they put up this refuge tent and they go into that refuge tent and they can take hot food and things to help them. You know, their lives are saved because of that refuge tent. And you know, child of God, when the, th when the enemies come to attack you, we can go in to our refuge. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in the time of trouble. How can we get strength? They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. David knew what it was to be delivered. Because he didn't fight in his own power. He didn't believe in his own power. He believed in the God of heaven. As I came down the road this morning from Bangor, I just thought about two other people. Peoples, or three people, four people. I was thinking of Daniel. And Daniel was put in those la that lion's den. And Billy Sunday, that great preacher, that character... He said, you know, Daniel had the best pillow uh, that night. He had the best sleep because he just put his head on the lion's mane. And he was right. And then I thought about the three young men in that fiery furnace. You know, Lord, the, the, our God can deliver. But maybe you're in the meeting today. And maybe you're listening in today. And you're saying to me, Tommy, I'd love to be a Christian. I'd love to have the Lord Jesus Christ as my saviour. But I have these terrible sins in my life. I can't uh, get delivered from them. I can't del get delivered from these sins that I have. My friends, we have a, a, a hymn in our book. And it says, He breaks the power of cancelled sin. He sets the prisoner free. His blood can make the vilest clean. His blood fails for me. There was a preacher from England traveling over to America. And he was going over to take special meetings in America. And he was sitting reading his Bible. And this American was sitting beside him. And he says, sir, what business are you in? He says, sir, I'm a preacher. I'm going to preach the gospel to people in uh, all over America. He says, what's that Bible book you have in your hand? It's a beautiful back book. He says, that's my Bible. He says, I never had a Bible in my hand. Can I read it? The preacher had been reading uh, Revelation chapter 20, talking about the great white throne. And he handed it over to the man, and the man started to read. And he said, sir... What's this great white throne judgment? And the preacher said, that This is the judgment of men and women 
who have sat in gospel meetings, men and women who have been given gospel tracts and put it in their pockets, men and women who don't believe that there is a God, men and women who have tried to get their own way to heaven through their works. He says this is the great judgment bar of God. And he says, who's this judge? And the preacher turned him to another verse in the Bible. And he says, it says, in the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ, according to my gospel. It's God's son, Jesus Christ, is the man. And he says, it says the great and small. Does this mean kings and queens? And no. He says, yes, every person that has rejected God's way of salvation will be at that great white throne judgment. He said, preacher, can you escape from it? <laughs> he says, you surely can't. He says, as a young man, he says, I was such a sinful person and I have so many things that I couldn't get deliverance from them. He said, but a preacher one day told me that if I asked the Lord Jesus to wash me in his blood and cleanse me, that oh, I will be delivered from these things. The American said, can I get saved? The preacher said, you certainly can. And there up in the sky, he led that man to the Lord. He said, you know, I'd love to have a Bible. Preacher says, there you go, have mine. Sometime later, the preacher got home. And his wife said, you know, there's a letter here from America for you. He opened it up and it was the man on the plane. And he said, preacher, I want to tell you something. None of my family will ever be at their great white throne judgment because I had the joy of leading them to the Savior with your Bible. Oh, friend, as I go around our churches preaching, as I go around little mission halls preaching, as I look across the congregation, I often say to myself, Tommy, am I looking at a man or woman who will be at that great white throne judgment and hear from the Savior, depart from me? Oh, friend, you can be delivered. If you're not saved, you can be delivered today. You say, I can't keep it. You don't keep anything. It's the Lord that keeps you. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This man, David, could say, the Lord delivered me. And you know, friend, he can deliver you. But I want you to notice, secondly, in verse 19, David could say, he delivered me because he delighted in me. When I read that, I shouted hallelujah to think that the God of heaven delights on men and women. And you know the reason why he delights on David and delights in you? Because you are a child of God. You've been washed in the blood and you're walking on that perfect path. But you know, my friend, if you get off that perfect path, he can't delight in you. You know, the Bible here tells us that God delighted in David. Verse 19, he brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. Proverbs 3 and 12 says, for, for whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father, the son in whom he delights. As a father delights in his children, 
God delights on us. I have three children, two boys and a girl. And I remember they would come to me sometime and they would say, Daddy, can we go here? Or Daddy, can we have this? There's times I had to say, no, you can't go there. And there was times I had to say, no, you can't have that. It wasn't because I didn't delight in them. It was because I loved them. Because I knew that place wasn't right for them to go to. And I knew that thing wasn't right for them. Child of God, the Lord delights in you. And you know, you may be praying for something that you think is good. But you know, he knows what's good for you. He delights in you. You know, what a blessing to know. Take that home with you today. If you're walking with God, if you're on that perfect path, the Lord delights in you. But I have to say, if you have wandered away off that path, he can't delight in you. There's sin in your life. And you need to confess that sin. The Bible says if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you're not saved today, he can't delight in you. God can't look on sin. When you become a child of God and washed in the blood and have your sins dealt with, then he can delight in you. You know, many people are carrying burdens. Maybe it's a burden that has been on your mind for such a long time. But you know, the Bible says burdens are lifted at Calvary. Jesus is very near. There was a man called John Moore. And he worked for the missions in the Glasgow port. And one of the captains in the boat rang him up. And he said, look, one of our young men, one of my sailors, is ill in the Glasgow hospital. Can you go and speak to him? John Moore said, I certainly will. And he went and he met the young man and he started to speak to him. And he told him about about, um, salvation. And he told him, hi, as a young man, John Moore said, I had many burdens. And he said, you know, I didn't know how to get the burdens away. But he said, one day I read Pilgrim's Progress. When Pilgrim came to the cross, the burdens were gone. He saw the tears starting to come down the young fellow's face, the young sailor's face. And at the end, he had the joy of pointing to the Savior. John went home that night. And as he sat beside his fireside, he couldn't get over that word burdens. Burdens was in his mind. And he started to write this. Days are filled with sorrow and care. Hearts are lonely and drear. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Jesus is very near. Troubled soul the Savior can see. Every heartache and fear. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Jesus is very near. Oh friend, this morning, does he delight in you? Does the Lord delight in you? Are you walking with him? Are you obeying him? Have you got that stamped in your life? The life of obedience. Maybe he's calling you to do something. It could be with this, your mission coming up. He's maybe asking you to go out and bring people to this mission. 
He's maybe challenging you to go out and give those invitations to see that souls will come in and be saved. Oh, what a blessing to know that God delights in his people. You know, we have seen our God delivers. We have seen our God delights. I want us finally to see that our God directs. David could say in verse 21, For I have kept the way of the Lord, and have not wickedly departed from my God. He said in verse 30, The the word of the Lord is is tried. That could be translated to the word is, the Lord is proven. David said, I kept God's word, and God, God directs us through his word. Child of God, if you want to be directed by God, through you need to be directed through his statutes, through the word of God. We read in Proverbs 14 and 12, There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof is the way of death. You know, that's why so many people have got off the the perfect way. They've taken their eyes off the Savior. The whole whole hymn says, Jesus, keep me near the cross. There's a perfect, perfect fountain. David could say, I found God's way and made it my way. Do you want his way, child of God, in your life? Then yield to God what he wants for your life. You know, sadly, many of children of God just want to go their way. They don't want to go God's way. They don't want to have that obedient spirit. I was thinking of a man who was called to do a work for God. A man called Jonah. And God called him to go to Nineveh to preach the word. He wanted to live his way. He didn't want to go God's way. God wanted him to go to Nineveh, but he wanted to go the other way. And what happened? We know the story. But you know, his way was the way of disobedience. But you know, praise God, what a long-suffering God we have. Because we read in the word of God that the word of the Lord came the second time to Jonah. And what happened? Jonah instead of having a disobedient uh, heart, had an obedient heart. And he got on the perfect way. You know, my friend, our prayer should be, I want his way to be my way. I want to be yielded to whom God wants for me. He will direct the path that we should go. We should pray that prayer, Lord, take my life. And let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. I was just thinking of the two disciples on the way to Emmaus. And both of them were so downhearted. They had seen the Lord crucified. They seen him put into the tomb. And they thought that was the work finished. They forgot all about what he said, that the third day rise again. And there they are walking along to Emmaus. And the Savior comes along with them. And the Bible tells us, he started to show them from the Bible. I would have loved to be not that that Bible class, to hear the Son of God breaking the word of God. And what happened to these two men? Did not our hearts burn within us as he talked to us by the way?
The Lord knew what they were like, and he came to help them. And you know, they realized that he was there. They didn't keep on the road to Emmaus, because the Bible tells us they'd done an about turn and went back to Jerusalem to tell the disciples what happened. They were off the perfect way, but they then got back onto the perfect way. You know, at my wife's funeral, I was given this little poem. And a preacher read this poem, actually, at his wife's funeral. And it says, My father's way may twist and turn, My heart might throb and ache, But in my soul I'm glad I know He maketh no mistake. My cherished plans may go astray, My hopes may fade away, But still I'll trust my Lord to lead, For he doth know the way. Though night be dark, and it may be, That day will never break, I'll put my faith, my all in him, He maketh no mistake. There is so much now I cannot see, My eyesight's far too dim, But come what may, I'll simply trust, And leave it all to him. For by and by the mist will lift, And plain it all he'll make, Though all the way, though dark to me, He made not one mistake. Child of God, David could say that God delivers. David could say that God directs. David could say that God delighted in him. And David could say God's way is perfect. Child of God, take this home with you this morning. If you're on that perfect way, the God of heaven delights in you. But if you're not on that perfect way, He can't delight in you. What a blessing to know that our God delights in us.